Welcome to The Whiskey Topic. This is episode 39. I am Jamie Johnson and I run a whiskey club here in Toronto. And as always, I'm with Mark Bylock, the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, which makes a great Christmas gift, by the way. Also, you know what else makes a great Christmas gift, Mark? (laughs) Better be small batch and handmade. Small batch handmade whiskey topic t-shirts available uh, through Teespring. Uh, and you can get to the link through our website on uh, whiskey.buzz. And uh, they're up until December 17th? Uh, December 16th. 16th. I'm always off by one day and every time – this is something you probably don't know about me. But I'm always off by one day on everything. So if I wish you a happy <laughs> birthday on the day before or after your birthday, it's like close enough and like give me a break. Um, anyways, off topic. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to do something a little special first before we get into our hilarious and fun interview with Matt Jones of um, Beam Suntory, who is the Jim Beam rep here in Canada. Uh, we're going to do a rapid fire question and answer period, like a getting to know Mark and Jamie better because as if they don't know all our secrets. Already. Yeah, <laughs> really. And, and, and if you're worried we're not having a funny intro, it's okay. Because really much the five, the first five or ten minutes of the podcast is all a funny intro. We eventually start talking about serious stuff briefly eventually. and then goes back to a funny intro. Again. It was a fun, it was a fun episode to record. So I think, I think, I think people are really going to like it. Yeah. I know you struggled with choosing like a joke bit to like, to start the episode off with. So then yeah. I just include the whole first half and that's right. it. <laughs> Perfect. I hope people get a kick out of it. Me too. Yeah, uh, but I think they might get a kick out of this. I'm really excited to learn about a, a little bit more about you because we talk so much about like whiskey. Um, I, I'm excited to hear your answers to some of these questions, um, and we're gonna try to go through them. I don't know, Mark. Are you gonna be able to like answer a question without following up with a rant? I, I like no, how I no. asked you that, even though like I also rant a lot. I was like, "Hey, Mark, you're you're kind of a ranter." <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like you'll have very definitive answers to questions, and I'll just kind of like go on about it. Well, there's not really the best this or my favorite that. I'm, it's a very complicated question. I feel like this is how it's going to go, but who knows? Yeah. And and to be fair, you know, Jamie and I, we've only known each other for about a year and a half, so we don't know a lot of the answers to these questions it's ourselves. True. It's true. And you know what's so funny? I was out last night at the Women in Whiskey event that's held in Toronto here at the Caledonian um, that uh, in a partnership with uh, Glenn Fittick. They sort of once a month or so host a tasting with Beth Havers, the brand ambassador. And uh, one of the, the women there is a podcast listener. And she's like, you and Mark, you guys must have known each other for years. And I was like, actually, no. OK, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I hope I didn't put these okay. out of order. No, it's fine. it's fine. It doesn't matter. It'll be hilarious if uh, <laughs> we go crazy. OK. All right. So, Mark, favorite yes. movie? Um. I'm going to go with um, Dark Knight, the uh, the Batman 2008 release. Loved it lots. I think that was great. My favorite movie. I think I saw The Matrix the most a number of times. And I, I always answer Die Hard. Whenever everybody asks me what my favorite movie at a, at a party is, I answer Die Hard because it's Die Hard. See, you were right. You couldn't just answer the question. No. You had to tell us the story. <laughs> uh, see, let's see if you do better, Jamie. Come on. All right, Jamie, favorite book. Oh, no, you're supposed to say your favorite movie. I'm going to say my favorite movie. And as if people probably don't know it already, I'm sure I've talked about it enough. Dirty Dancing. Right. (laughs) Of course. See, I knew you'd have the uh, favorite book. Lolita. Really? What's your favorite book? Yes. Yes. Um, Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the uh, book Blade Runner is based on. That's a book? Wait, what's the title of it again? Say it again. Do do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Oh, okay. It's completely different than a movie. It's very cool. It's very kind of weird sci-fi sciencey futuristic weird awesome cool. what's the last book you read uh nemesis games it's uh the book five of the expanse series which is oh being God. turned into a tv series which is starting soon i think these books sound really nerdy mark they're very sci-fi yeah yeah <laughs> um batman or superman superman Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm such a batman i'm totally batman well, that I, superman's my least favorite superhero Superman. He's just got everything figured out. Laser lot, I mean, eyes. He's not my steel, favorite. He can fly. He's he's not my favorite of all the Trent's gonna be really mad listening to this because Trent is like Superman crazy. Um but be, given the Batman versus Superman trailer came out a couple days ago, that's where yeah. that question came from. Uh but Superman is Superman. He's not he isn't just a gadget guy. He's not just got the fancy iPhone and the cool voice. He's like he's actually Superman. Yeah. I guess. I feel like he's too many powers. 
Just too many. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like I like Jessica Jones. She's like super strong and she oh, Well, you know what? Yeah. The original Superman jumped, right? He couldn't fly, he jumped. He didn't have all the superpowers. They're like, "Well, if you can jump far, well, let's just make him fly. Let's just let's just do flying." And it just kind of went from there. Sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like he's real or anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, favorite current TV series? Um, oh, I just mentioned uh, Jessica Jones. I'm really really digging that. It's a great mm-hmm. show on Netflix. Uh, Mindy Project is mine yes yes that's yeah. a, that's really really good yeah uh favorite all-time tv series mad men uh yeah um sopranos for me mm. but uh, mad men's in my mad, list right there. i mean yeah, yeah i mean come on uh thor or captain america um i don't feel uh, very passionate either um thor thor me too oh we agree on something yay <laughs> <laughs> um favorite album uh bad by michael jackson Nice. Um, for me, it would probably be uh, the the Great Gatsby soundtrack. I would like that. Oh, that's such a cool soundtrack. It's, it's got, got everything. It kind of explains yeah, my music. It's got a little bit of everything does. to it. It's awesome. Uh, fa- uh, album on heavy rotation right now. I don't really. I, I listen to a lot of Apple music, so I just kind of do one of their playlists. I, I honestly don't listen to albums. I've, like, my, my, mine's Adele, the 25, her new album. I, I hear that's doing really well. It's amazing. Best whiskey drinking music. Great Big C. Uh, so I went with uh, Nathaniel. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Matt SOB. Jones would be so happy with I you. I know. That, that just reminds me of Kentucky. It's, it's such, a fun, such a fun song. He's going to love that. Most surprising whiskey. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. You know what? There's, there's a blank next to it. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I think that um, for me, that Willet that we had at Glenford's house, which was a couple weeks ago, that, uh, that what was it, 128 proof or something oh, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a surprise to me. First of all, how good it was. And second of all, how, how drinkable it was given how high proof it, it was. So that was sort of the best thing I could come up with. Maybe that was a shitty question. Sorry, a terrible question. Beep. <laughs> Beep. Beep. Um, I, I think, you know what, I actually do have an answer for this. At the Heel Party, we had that whiskey from Belgium or Norway or wherever it's from. I won't even name it because I think I have a bad bottle that <laughs> bought. That was very surprising. Not yes. in a good way. Not in a good terrible. way. Horrible. 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 It tasted like sulfur. and uh, To me, it tasted like a farm. Like if you go into a farm uh. and you smell all that manure and all that kind of stuff and just pretend licking that Ew. flavor. That that's how that whiskey tasted. Um, it's this bad bottle of whiskey I got as a gift many years ago. I can't return it anymore. So sometimes You're it comes out during party. <laughs> yeah, where it's like basically it's like if you want to be in the in crowd, you got to drink this whiskey. It's, it's oh, terrible. It's a really bad it's, initiation. Oh, it's horrible. Awful. It's so bad. Um, best label on a whiskey. Um, I really like the Diageo, the Orphan Barrel. Sorry. I love the Orphan Barrel labels. I think they're awesome. Nice. They look cool. I know. The, I just said the D word. <laughs> the D word. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, Old Rip Van Winkle. I love that label. It's a beautiful um, even, label. Even more so than the 15, 20, 23. I love Old Rip Van Winkle. Best Kentucky bar. Oh, the dive bar. Love the dive bar. Or Which is it third, third dive bar or whatever it's called? Oh dive God. on third? <laughs> that's amazing. I put the silver dollar. Oh, that's a great bar. That's that's a very serious answer. Much more than mine, and that's a great answer. I know, no, I love it. Best Kentucky travel buddy. <clears throat> Jamie Johnson. Glenford Jameson. Oh <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously it's Mark Bylock. Oh, that's that's give Glenn's great to travel. <laughs> I did, I had that one planned out. Because <laughs> I actually told you to answer. Like actually the instructions were you have to answer this like I'm your answer. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. But, um, uh, best whiskey to drink on ice. According to you, it's Jim Beam Black. So I went Jim Beam Black. Wow. I actually said that. Okay. That's that's mine. Yeah. Um, no, Jim Beam Double double Aged. Oh, yeah. Isn't that it? Yeah. That's, that's black the Black label, label. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's, definitely, that's definitely great. Uh, Wild Turkey 81, also really good on ice. Yes. yes. Favorite late night snack. Oh, I used to go to like a dim sum place on Spadina. That's kind of the place for me to go. It's like dim sum-y and whatever else they have. It's great. Uh, a grilled cheese sandwich on my kitchen floor. <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Sitting on the floor eating a grilled cheese sandwich. Sometimes I sit on my kitchen counter, but I'm never, I'm never standing up. Like I'm always seated somewhere. 
not appropriate. Never in a chair. <laughs> Never in a chair. Um, well, we, everybody knows the answer to the next one. Favorite cocktail? Old Fashioned. In Manhattan. Yeah. I am doing my Old Fashioned experiment. I'm, I'm finding it really great so far, but I'm, I'm finding a lot more inconsistencies with Old Fashions being made. So I'm still sticking yeah. with Manhattan as just kind I of know. a general drink. It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, favorite bar in Toronto? Um, currently Rush Lane. I, I just, ah, me too. It's a place everybody knows my name. That's where I go. Aw, it's like your cheers. It's my cheers. Uh, favorite meal? Very simple. Eggs and bacon. Nice. Me yeah. too. I mean, well, very simple. Pizza. Pizza is yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Well, hey, I think, I think, did I learn something new about you? I feel I... like I knew all of this. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the next, like, we have to get... We have to go a little more complicated on these questions next time. It can get a little more existential and be like, what are your hopes and dreams, Mark Isla? <laughs> right. Rapid fire, like, existential questions. Which philosopher <laughs> do you select from the beast, uh, from, from before the 1000s? Yes. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. We should do it again. I hope people like that. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, like, like we said before, if you grab t-shirts, that would be awesome. Uh, the sale ends December 16th. 16th, right? Now I'm going to get it wrong. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. So the sale ends December 16th. Um, you know, really, it's just uh, help to support the show. Uh, but if that's not an option for you, please just rate the show, share it on social media, whatever you can do would be really great. I, I, I think it's we're officially probably as official as it ever gets. The number two whiskey podcast on the internet right now. Pretty much. I mean, as far as we can tell. Yeah, sure. Behind Whiskey Cast, which we modeled our show after by saying we're going to do exactly the opposite of Whiskey <laughs> Cast. Because, you know, Mark always does such a great job on with Whiskey oh, Cast. Oh, yeah. Like, but there's, there's no point in copying the show because it's, it's, uh, it's, does a great job at it. So we're like, let's do the opposite. And this is what the show, how the show came about. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you listening. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. If you want another song on and on goes the ring of the bell. In Kentucky, abandoning me an hour before I had to leave. And you're like, you should just stay up all night. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to bed. And then you're like, no, no, you guys, you got to stay up. You got to stay up, Jamie. And I was like, it's probably not a good idea for me to stay all night. And like, why would you even bother to go to bed? An hour before I have to leave, they're like, good night. And I'm like, you assholes. <laughs> you assholes. You kept me up all night. And then an hour before, I like literally was like, I hate them so much. I'm furious right now. Then I packed my bag very drunkenly. And I put glassware in it that when I got home was like shattered all over the inside of my suitcase. Thank God. Can you imagine if they searched me? They'd be like, what the hell is in I had like... Oh, it was not a pretty scene. I was like, Jamie, what the hell were Shrapnel. you thinking? <laughs> yeah, was, like, it'll be fine. It'll I'll be just f- wrap it in socks. It'll That's be fine. What I- <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank God. Somebody else. I just have put- this this fleeting memory of getting back to the hotel Airbnb, and you. It was at Glenford. And you guys were watching Dirty Dancing or something? Or yes, that sounds right. It was right. another Dirty Dancing yeah, reference? You were, yeah, you were there. I was like, what there. is going on? And Glenford's like, oh my God, I've never watched it all the way through. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think I was sleeping by that no, point. No, you were. You were there. Yeah. You were there. You were there. This recall. is like, this is we like. We watched the whole Dirty Dancing movie. We watched parts of it. Right. Yeah, we watched parts of it. Yeah. But this is a very <laughs> typical <laughs> thing of you. Yeah. Glenford, you haven't seen it? <laughs> Thank you. And do you, you, you want to watch it now? Or is it second? <laughs> right now okay i don't think you had much choice <laughs> no no there was an choice just like wait you haven't seen dirty dancing and i was like all right this is unacceptable glenford this is not something that doesn't happen when you drink with me and if there's like especially if there's like youtube yeah and it's like pretty much guaranteed at one point in the night you'll be forced to watch the final scene from dirty mm. dancing that is that is just how it goes yeah <sighs> that's what i do i that- know 
Is that in the bourbon cornflakes? Oh, no. Yeah. I literally thought I was dreaming that. I was like, no one would do that. No one would actually do that. Oh, what happened? I, you know, I, I keep meaning to buy cornflakes. I keep forgetting. I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna like, gonna add this to my grocery list right now. Cornflakes, <laughs> just, just for when Matt Jones comes by. You guys are hilarious. Literally, oh, I was like, that was well, good did times. I hear something about whiskey and cereal? No, that doesn't sound like something a normal human being would do. It was Glenn, or Sleepy Gary, that caught us. He came around the corner, and there he was. And then Poor he guy. The right? And put the whiskey we're like, in the no, thanks, together. we're good. <laughs> that was such a good trip. Oh, Showed up to like that the restaurant near Maker's Mark, like sweating, like just sweating whiskey. And I like sit down with you guys at the table, and I was like, "What are you guys drinking?" And you're like, "Maker's Mark and ginger." And I was like, "It is like 10:45." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'll, yes, please, I'll take one. Thank you." Still sweating whiskey from the night before. You're so upset they didn't let you bring the coffee in. You're like, "Oh, all I wanted was because oh, like, you was... didn't get me a coffee. That's your fault." <laughs> Different cars. Look, we I brought you a coffee. Uh, you always ask. Oh, that's when we all got like separated. Car, right. We were leaving the Independence Day. We found. You and Glenford at McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> right. And you guys are gone. We're like, what? How like, did we lose people? Yeah, there was. Because it was Mike DeCaro's car, right? That's yeah, because yeah, yeah. men are disasters at getting organized. If it would have been like, if you would have let me organize you guys, it would have been fine. Everyone would have been on the same page. No, because Glenford just started driving. Glenn just was like, I'm driving this way. And I just assumed he knew where he was going. Like, literally, right. like, Glenn knows where he's going. And Glenn's, and then, and then you're, you're texting me, and I'm like, Glenn, do you know where we're going? Like, no. Like, then why are oh. you driving? Where are we going? <laughs> why are you just driving straight? He's like, That's the no, best. no, I'm going towards the center of town. I'm like, this is, oh, but that, that is not even the direction. Direction. <laughs> uh, he was still on, on on just a high from the whole experience of getting that wood chart. <laughs> oh my god, that was so much fun. The Independence Day, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so cool. I could watch those barrels getting fried all day. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, cool. Every vanilla. time one came through, it was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep going, little it is, is kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, well, I mean, love you seeing like, getting bourbon made and was, then drinking from the barrel, but that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you have it started. on your arm. Are we go? Are we? Have we started? What's um, happening? I don't know. I don't know. I think that was all pretty usable. Yeah, we can use that. Right. We can use that. Is that the f bombs in there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, some cork pops yeah. in there. Welcome to episode thirty-eight of the Whiskey Topic. We are here today, Jamie and I. With Matt Jones Yay. from Jim Beam. How's it going? Uh, Beam Centauri, sorry. Uh, Jim Beam's ah. in there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Always surprised every time you're doing tastings. I'm like, Beam Centauri, of course. It's just still getting used to that. Yep. How has that integration been happening so far? Uh, pretty fantastic. We haven't really seen any of the, the forecasted things that people are saying about, oh, you're going to be absorbed by another company, expect all these changes. But uh, the Japanese are all about maintaining and preserving the brands the way that they are and why would anything change yeah is really the question so it's been it's been fantastic yeah. and you're drinking more japanese whiskey uh, i'm yeah. not as much as i'd like to we don't yeah, have uh, we as don't much as uh, we'd like to have in canada <laughs> at the moment but <laughs> or in the u.s yeah. really right yeah. it's pretty it's pretty rare yeah. i was like matt give us some japanese whiskey and matt's like no there's <laughs> nothing i can't help you out here that private stash but, uh, <laughs> 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 otherwise <laughs> There's a couple of uh, bottles of the Hibiki Harmony left at the King and Spadina LCBO. Yeah. Yeah. But good luck. Yeah. Yeah. They'll yeah. probably be gone by. Yeah. As next soon as week. someone realizes they're there because they get transferred around. And, Got it. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful whiskey. It's a great. Uh, it's a great way to introduce folks to, to malt. Period. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. So balanced. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't. It's not. It's just got a little hint of smoke. It's not uh, too intense, yeah. but it really is a very balanced whiskey. And you get folks that are just getting into whiskey and whiskey aficionados that love it. It's just, uh, it's beautiful. We are, should, should we talk about what we're drinking? Because I think it's important. I just I love that important. we've got three samples. I know, each three in front of us. Front of us considering the, the night that you both know that I just had <laughs> Beam Centauri Christmas party. sweating a little bit. Every day of your life is a Christmas party. Like, like, when you boil it down to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the difference? You were drinking and there was lots of people around, and you were having a good time. There's more people from the office than usual. So. 
I bet they all yeah. feel like you do this morning, though. <laughs> yeah, the, the text messages were pretty hilarious this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some folks had to be at the office at a respectable time. Ooh. Others were just rolling out of bed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't. You get to be here today. Yes. Yay. Yes. No, I, I, I planned it this way. This is perfect. Excellent. <laughs> we'll just ease you into your day. So we've got, uh, yeah, three Beam whiskeys here. we got two Jim Beam products and, of course, the uh, the Maker's uh, 46 Cast Strength, which we all got to sample in Kentucky in September, and it's a Yay. beautiful, beautiful whiskey. So everything in front of us is super exclusive to Canada. Um, well, Ontario, we'll say, because n- none of these are actually available at the, uh, the LCBO. So we've got the Jim Beam Signature Craft 12-year, the Distiller's Masterpiece, which is the 12-year finished in uh, PX casks at uh, 100 proof, 50% alcohol, and then, of course, the, uh, the 46 Cast Strength. Nice, nice. So we're going to work our way into the intensity here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I, I, the, the Jimmy 12 is great to me. It's just like, a, what's the price point on that in the U.S.? What's it? Uh... Um, well, in, in most provinces in Canada, it's around 60. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't have to worry about the U.S. price right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's less. It's about half. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. But that's Ouch the, the beautiful thing is oh, that, uh, you know, generally when we talk about not going over 10 years in bourbon because of that profile, it's all about attaining that balance between grains and wood. And this is something that Booker never really um, wanted to do, just like Jimmy Russell never really mm-hmm. talked about doing anything over 10 years. But then Fred started experimenting with this, yeah. and they found a beautiful balance. I mean, the yeah. oak is, is very prevalent. It's, it's still the star, but in harmony with the rye and yeah. the aging. So it's a beautifully balanced whiskey. 43% still approachable. Yeah, I think the first time I had this, uh, you left it behind. Like you had like a little bit, like a few ounces. Uh, last time you were here, and I'm like, oh, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that whiskey. It was just like, yeah, great, great tasting. The, the get a little bit of brown sugar, kind of a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, oakness comes through. It reminds me a lot of Knob Creek, but not really. Not kind of. Yeah. It's not as intense. A little more balanced. The forward sweetness is beautiful on it. It's a great sip and whiskey. Yep, very approachable. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Yeah, we should apologize to uh, for episode. Um, 36. Oh, the one where we chewed into the microphone? Yeah. Our pizza? Yeah. That was bad. <laughs> Sorry, we got a lot of feedback about that. And I do I, remember this now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we really, we'll, we'll never do that again. Apparently, uh, was, uh, yeah, there's a phobia. I had no idea there was a. There is an yep. actual phobia. Yeah. phobia. So we do apologize for that. That's uh, That was taped four or five weeks ago, but the way things go with this, we, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. We learned sad. a lesson, a very valuable lesson. <laughs> And of Don't course, pizza, pizza sauce and whiskey together is pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, the only hate mail we've gotten is about martini recipes and, uh, and uh, <laughs> chewing on the podcast. I mean, and the martini it was, wasn't a hate mail. It it was, was no, it was actually quite a lovely, <laughs> it was a lovely uh, reminder that vodka, chilled vodka alone in a martini glass does not make, does not a martini, martini. make. So, yes. So, but it was, it was a very nicely passionate like very nicely worded email yeah uh, yep I, I, I used to drink martinis i haven't for for years probably because i grew up you know like started drinking like in the like late 90s early 2000s and martinis at that point were just like whatever you know they were like kalua and vodka anything that went into that iconic glass <laughs> exactly. got the blanket term martini that's yeah. pretty much right yeah, yeah exactly that's when i was starting to make uh, make cocktails in the bars and it was yeah, Cosmopolitan ended up being a martini, a crane yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, melon liqueur. Oh, that's a melon teeny, <laughs> apple teeny. But of course, gin being the the true base. Of, mm-hmm. uh, of a, I agree of with martini, that. But I'm really I'm really digging this one, you guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's really nice. Wow. And of course, when we were down there, Jim Beam in uh, September, you saw the rest of the uh, kind of the harvest collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not available anywhere outside of, uh, well, actually, they've, they've, they're selling it in a few retail places outside of Kentucky now, mm-hmm. but they've got the brown rice, the triticale, the oh, wheat, wow. the rye. Um, they've also got a quarter cask and a uh, brandy finished, uh, part of the signature craft. And all those are done in that, that smaller distillery area, right? The kind of, the, that's touristy part Actually, of it? no, that, no. that was uh, built in 2013 for the opening of the, uh, the right, okay, center. Right, that's right, of course. But those yeah. experiments were something that um, Fred laid down with his dad, Booker, um, wow before he passed so in the early 2000s wow. and there were experiments that uh, actually you want to talk about you know forgotten barrels these were actually looked over yeah um, wow. and all of a sudden fred was like hey whatever happened to those barrels of brown rice and the wheat and the triticale and folks at beam were like what what are you talking about <laughs> it's not <laughs> so that's system. how that yeah <laughs> that's how that uh that kind of selection came to be yeah they revisited those barrels that had been sitting there and realized they were delicious so 
I think they're gonna uh, they're probably gonna choose one to actually do yeah. moving forward, depending how the you know the consumer uh, uh, feedback has been. But uh, yeah, they're all pretty interesting. Cool. I've had the brown rice. It's sweet. It's got some you know real toasty uh, notes to it. Uh, the triticale is the one I haven't had yet because it just got released after we left Kentucky in September. So I got into my hands on that. But um, the uh, the brandy finish is nice as well. I mean, technically it's not uh, a bourbon. Right. It's bourbon finished and, and yeah. not cask, but they're yeah. all really interesting. They, yeah, because that's a, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you have to like distilling different products, like changing over fermentation, distillation. Like that's yeah. a lot of work for you guys, I assume, oh, yeah. to, to clean out everything. Yep. You literally have to get in there. and. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because your rye is made on premise as well, right? So I'm yep. assuming you do like X amount of weeks of rye and then you go back to bourbon kind of distribution i'm assuming yeah well the the great thing about uh especially the the flagship distillery in claremont i mean the other distilleries uh do most of the production of the jim beam white label Mm -hmm. and and subsequently the black label and everything else that comes off of that but the day that we're producing basil hayden Mm -hmm. that's the basil hayden distillery it's that recipe it's that yeast strain it's everything that has to do with that on the day that we're making knob creek it's the knob creek distillery yeah um that's what uh you start tweaking the recipe start playing with the yeast strains and then you get a completely different product so it's uh it's fascinating like you guys are very protective of the yeast strain because we've seen that as a couple of distilleries where like yeast is just in the air like it can yep. get into the mm-hmm. fermentation process if you have open fermenters you're not guaranteed you that wild yeast in the, there. the wild yeast in yep. there yeah which i guess it's a little bit terroir a little bit of local <laughs> a little bit of local, local uh flavor, local some flavor. Kentucky but, uh, but air. Yeah. especially very strict about that, that everything's kind of tightly controlled as far as the yeast strains yep Yep, very clinical in that sense. Um, they still use jug yeast. It's not a, a dried yeast. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a yeast that dates back to uh, right after Prohibition for Jim Beam. The old granddad yeast strain, of course, dates back a little bit uh, farther than that. But, you know, it's got to mutate a little bit over the years. So yeah. it's not exactly the same. But it gives you that more nuttier kind of yeah. whiskey. Because it's, it's all nutty. It's, it's really, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so much character is, is in that yeast that... Uh, that we, we, we give credit where credit's due, but it's not talked about as much mm-hmm. in the industry. So I mean, in the industry in general, but with consumers, they don't realize um, the impact that yeast really has on the, on the final product, on the flavor. Yeah, we had a, I had a conversation this on Twitter where they, uh, but with Scotch, how, you know, a lot of um, island, like a lot of distillers near the ocean, we say they taste salty and everything else. And it's like, well, they're not really aged there. There's always, most, most, most Scotch is aged in inside inland really um so it's really could be yeast like if you or if you're picking up salty notes it's either just you know you, you think of salt you think of the ocean or um it's the yeast that they used kind of you know which kind of makes sense the yeast is local to there would have had brought up more saltier brinier notes mm-hmm. theoretically or you got Bullmore, which is literally right on the ocean in their warehouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are exceptions, the waves absolutely. waves actually yeah. smash right against the, <laughs> the wall. Yeah, there are exceptions. Most distilleries, though, no. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, they might have a small warehouse on premise, but the rest is, yeah, Bullmore has that one that's like at sea level or yeah. under sea level, rather. Yeah, yeah literally when the tide's cool. in, it's right up to the building. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. There he might get actually some salt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that we can quantify. <laughs> For sure. So is this where like whiskey is going like the in terms of experimentation it's just it seems like right now I guess because bourbon especially is having such a, a moment there is the flexibility there mm-hmm. to play around a little bit um, finishing is is mm-hmm. kind of where it's going nice. uh, finishing in the casks um, Angel's Envy is an example of the port mm-hmm. port cask and that's their core expression um, so we've we've done with brandy. We've got the, the the PX cask here. We don't have anything that's uh, a regular offering yet internationally, but uh, that seems to be where the industry's going in terms of what's next. So interesting. I wonder because bourbon drinkers, well, I mean whiskey drinkers are sometimes very protective of their bourbon or yeah. their scotch, and um, it'll be really interesting to see what because. Angel's Envy alone like creates controversy. People will mm-hmm. banter back and forth about whether or not they're going to call Angel's Envy a bourbon or not because yeah. it's been finished. So maybe no, this is a... It's just like on the, uh, the distiller's masterpiece in yeah. front of you there. It says bourbon finished in. Yeah. So as long as you have that on there, yeah. um, you know that the, the heart of it is, is bourbon. Yeah. 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 And that it's, it's got that finishing. Um, of course, you, you guys were interviewing uh, Jane Connor. 
Yay. a few weeks back talking about the barrel select program. I mean, that's that's a key indicator right there. Yeah, yeah. that's all about flavor and augmenting mm-hmm. that that flavor, keeping that that blueprint of of what it is to be, especially their bourbon, Maker's Bourbon. But then having these other variables that you get to choose, mm-hmm. like the time, type of wood, toast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. Uh, that's pretty innovative. Yeah, absolutely. For and for, for makers, which is for so long has been so focused yeah. on that one to have them be experimenting with finishes yeah. that it, it says a lot for the industry and where it's going for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great direction because, I mean, there, there's all these ways distilleries uh, focus on having different flavor profiles within their brands and diff- between different distilleries. Um, but this brings it to the consumer in a more kind of obvious way, like having these finishes. They, a lot of the flavors are really great. Like a lot of the, they come through really nicely. The flavors are maybe a little more obvious, which is great for consumers starting out, um, but also really enjoyable for whiskey enthusiasts in, in mm-hmm. every direction. So I think it's a, it's a really, for me, that's a great product. It's like a product that's good for starters and good for people that love whiskey. Mm-hmm. So why not, why not do more of that? Yeah, see so um, that yeah. potential lies. You know, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I do think in some cases in Scotch that has that has gone overboard, but not, you know, I mean, with, like with anything else, right? You just got to, people will play with it and go back and forth and how they do it. Um, that This is really great. The, um, uh, sorry, the second one we're drinking is the... Distiller's Masterpiece. Yeah. Whoa. Beautiful. It's the uh, oh, most geez. premium uh, whiskey to have the Jim Beam name on it. Now, Hello. it's not the first time they've done a finishing. Yeah. There's one uh, a number of years ago, uh, before my time with the company, but this is the, uh, the, the the first one that I've seen in quite a few years. And that's uh, just looking at the, the liquid, the color of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so rich. But it, it's the signature craft finish in that, that PX cast. So it's got, um, obviously deeper, richer, dark fruit, plum, and uh, essences that aren't necessarily uh, bourbon. It's almost got like a cognac essence to it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And of course, the bottle speaks to that beautiful kind of decanter style. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous whiskey. It's very yeah, Christmassy. We, we yep. said this on the show before. If it says the kind of sherry cast is finished, then that's a good sign. Yeah. Yes. Because if it doesn't, you don't know. It might have never been sherry or it vaguely was sherry. Like, yeah. uh, PS, it definitely means something more. Just marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, this is really, uh, it still tastes. It still tastes like a bourbon, though. Like it's not a, it's not like a scotch that's been finished and right. sherry cast. Like a Kentucky it's, um, dram. Probably also because <laughs> yes. it's hundred proof, so you got fifty percent alcohol in here. So that's a big difference. That was my next comment for yeah. sure. They left it yeah. at a bolder, um, you know, pre-prohibition strength, which uh, really allows for that to come out for sure. It's Isn't beautiful. It? No, I've been sampling it at uh, master classes and whiskey shows across Canada for the last Lucky's. year a bit. And, it is beautiful. It's lovely. I'm happy to bring the, the last of my last bottle here today. Because we are having, finally, people on the, who listen to the podcast will be like, oh, we're so sick of hearing about this heel party that's eventually right. going to happen. Yes. It's yeah. happening tonight, guys. It's happening. We are surrounded by heels. I can see. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, amazing. this is going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. The hilarious part is we're recording two podcasts today. Yes. That's right. Jamie's going to work. I got to go to work. And then the heel party starts. So we'll... Yeah. we'll We'll be happier. Yes. We'll be happiest, rather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our cheeks will goes. be rosy. <laughs> sure will. Oh. Pretty so we- <laughs> excited. My cheeks are already rosy about this one. I yes. love this. Yeah. I really like this one. That's yeah, beautiful. It just reminds me of Christmas. <laughs> that is a very Christmassy bourbon. It is, yeah. isn't it? It's really nice. Very festive. It does it does festive. have that nuttiness to its end, too. It's got kind of like that. Mm. It's very nice. Mm. It, it, it's, it's really good. And the oak spice is just very prevalent. It's, uh, it's so balanced. This is something I'd like, you love to see a deconstruction of kind of how it is before, taste mm. before and then after the, uh, right. bar, uh, after, uh, well, unofficially, I can say mm-hmm. that it's the, uh, the signature craft. So you've got that in your sure. first glass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So when you go back and forth, I mean, um, the first one's going to be sweeter. When you go I'm back still. and forth, like Mark's <laughs> Who finished. am I talking to here? <laughs> Mark is as cranky as I've ever seen him ever. In the it's time true. that I've known him, when I got here, he was in a mood. I just love the text he gave this morning. Uh, I'm running behind. I'm losing at life today. Uh, <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> I feel your pain. Oh, man. I knew it was a tight day, but uh, two podcasts and the heel party later, it's just still. And then everything else happened in the morning. So <laughs> Mark's really struggling. Oh, well, in that case, let's go on to your third sample, there you which go. I think there you've already go. sampled. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our uh, Maker's 46 cast strength. Now, that was such a nice treat uh, when we went to the distilleries together there in uh, September for the uh, Bourbon Festival that they released it that week. Yeah. So we were some of the first to try it. Yes. And to get bottles. That was uh, pretty exclusive. 
Very good. Very and it is just cinnamon for days. It's it cinnamon. It's, it's cinnamon for days. Yeah. yeah it for sure. And this is. batch is what, 54? Yeah, 54.45%. So. Are they ever going to make bigger bottles of this? Uh, apparently they have. I okay. haven't seen them, uh, the, the pictures of them at retail yet, but I've, I've heard they're on the shelf and they've, you know, that, that, uh, printed sticker slapped on by hand I love it. Uh, really authentic looking uh, I love it I love it I love you <laughs> let's know let's get this to market as soon as we can yeah I, and you <laughs> this know one what? actually it's, has that like looks like someone actually pulled it off and put it yeah. back on yeah. like, there's yeah. literally a little <laughs> I love it so <laughs> much wrinkles in it. <laughs> I, I think I said this on one of the other podcasts but I I love it so much because it was mm. sold right out of the distillery yeah and you had this feeling about it and maybe this was on purpose that you were getting something right out of the lab, you know, yeah. something that was special and something that was, you know, you couldn't, it wasn't as polished looking, which I kind of, I kind of liked. Yep. I really I thought it was, it kind of felt like, oh, like not a lot of people are going to have this computer printed, like, yeah. <laughs> <label>. <laughs> I was a, well, I was they still hand dipped everyone and still gave it that, that maker's authenticity as well. No, these are actually oh. the same proof. Yeah, same batch. Oh, that's right, the same batch. I was gonna say we got them the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And your label is even a little bit more skew. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I feel like I feel like if you're gonna go to Kentucky with anybody, it should be with these two gentlemen I'm sitting with at the (laughs) table right now because we had a great time. Also, somebody just came in, so. (laughs) Welcoming Nicholas. It's gonna be Nick for podcast number two. It's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in here. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, <Yes>. neighbor. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Welcome, brother. How, How are you? Doing, you look sharp. Uh, Nick has brought a suitcase full of whiskey, and so he is welcome here. <laughs> he I was going to wel- say, Nick and I were at the same Christmas party last night. How and are he, you feeling, He Nick? had to get up, and he had to do... He's feeling great. He had to do uh, some tastings north of the city at 10 o'clock this morning, okay. so I am... Uh, I'm <laughs> Glad that wasn't me. Amazing. It's it's actually really funny to see the two of you next to each other because you you look exactly like the kind brands you represent. Rumor, yeah, right? you really <laughs> are. <laughs> it is hilarious because like Matt Jones even has a he has a swears on his shirt. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, one of and Booker's Nick quotes. is dressed like like like. Spick and span, tip Money. to toe. Like Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. This is great, you guys. Wicked. And I'm wearing Christmas socks. <laughs> you are. I'm repping the Christmas market. <laughs> um, now, Maker's Mark 46 is a stunning product. I really like that. Um, I like that Maker's Mark is pushing that boundary really well. Um, and, yeah, it's going to do, I think it's going to do great. I'm glad that you guys are putting it in bigger bottles. That's That'll be key. Um, getting it to Canada is the next step. So it's going to be a little little while. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just for your listeners that are going, Oh, what what did Mark just say? It's coming to Canada. (laughs) Not just yet, but, uh, no, they do have, uh, uh, they're more permanent package. Yeah. I retail in the U S now. Yeah. No, that's great. That's good to hear the distribution's getting there. I'll grab you a glass. I was going to say, is the distribution in the U S, um, just Kentucky or Kentucky, Ohio, or like all across the U.S. All across the U.S. Yeah, oh, they nice. when they first released the regular Maker's Cast Strength, mm-hmm. that was only at the distillery, mm-hmm. and then it was only in five states, and right. now it's everywhere. Okay, but I can completely can see the same uh, a trend happening with this one. They're just going to start off at the distillery, yep. then it's at retail in a few places, and okay. then they'll they'll start to seed it other places. So awesome. Yeah. Now, we can't give away too much of it just yet because we still need that juice for our <laughs> our regular offerings as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. all got to grow together. Make sure we got the uh, the stocks maturing. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think Maker's Mark is a great story of how they're, improvi- how they're moving and providing different flavors because they really are produced just to make one drink, like one flavor. Yeah. And they're going all these other ways to create different flavors. Um, with Jim Beam, uh, what's, what's your secret to having the you know the bookers and knob creek at similar proof levels like what's your secret to having them taste different uh, love to say they were my secrets but <laughs> <laughs> you um, can tell us your secrets yeah. if you want <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> only the ones that fred will share with me but uh, um yeah kind of like we were saying before about how uh, the distillery becomes that brand that when it's in production um but you got the jim beam recipe which is the core recipe for the majority of the expressions mm-hmm. um 
depending how long it's in the barrel, what part of the warehouse it's aged in, what the proofing ends up being, uh, you're going to have a, a different whiskey. But the key here is that what goes in the barrel and gets labeled Jim Beam White or gets labeled Jim Beam Black, that's what it comes out as. What goes in the warehouse as uh, Knob Creek comes out as Knob Creek. Yeah. So they're not um, just blending stocks for the sake of, of having the liquid. It's it's already dedicated. It's already decided what that whiskey is going to be, and that's what it's that's what it ends up being when it comes out. So. Um, there's yeah, there's a lot to do with the different philosophies between uh, the warehousing and, and and how it's actually matured. And of course, mm-hmm. as we know, time and wood just have such the, the majority influence on the final product. So you you tweak little things here and there. You you truly get a different flavor profile. Yeah. But the Jim Beam recipe is kind of the core between Jim Beam, Knob Creek, and and, and Booker's, as mm-hmm. we know. Uh, but then everything else has its own. Like Makers, of course, is a weeded bourbon, different yeast strain, Old Granddad and uh, Basil Hayden, uh, very similar. Uh, and then Baker's. Baker's has its own uh, juggy strain, own recipe. So, Yeah, and you also play with the proof levels that it goes in the yep. barrel. And I guess that's based on how long you plan to age it. So depending on age time. So Knob Creek is going to be aged for nine years. Booker's for you know, six, 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 seven years. Yep. Um, and it'll depend what the proof level goes into the barrel. Now, Maker's specifically goes in an industry low uh, 110, so 55% alcohol. Yeah. That's just a very low proof to go in the barrel. And yeah. that's just kind of a low and slow aging. Yeah. Whereas the industry max is you can't go in any more than 62.5. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that on the beam side is proprietary. I do know what the makers want, and as I can, I can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is definitely lower than the industry standard, but definitely higher than makers <laughs> for each expression. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, I have, a, I have a question for you, but this can be off the record. Um, old Granddad 114. Mm-hmm. Will we ever see? It's, uh, it's going to be for... Ontario specifically, mm-hmm. it'll be uh, a whiskey shop offering as it has been in the past. Okay. So not a regular list. Right. But uh, it is around. I see it in BC. I see it in some other markets. Of course, Alberta, but uh, stateside for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, is rolling there, allocations is in there Ontario. A thing with um, high proof whiskeys coming into Ontario it, because it seems like you can't just go to the LCBO and grab something that's you know cast strength. It seems like it's always just sort of. A, a small release for us. Is it harder to get a cast strength um, into the LCBO than it is? Yeah, I'm to not sure if it has to do on the, the LCBO side. It's just or availability. Is it just availability. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Supply and demand in terms of uh, uh, cast strength is going to be more premium. There's going to be less of it because they don't have to. Uh, <laughs> the dream of just walking in and buying a Booker's yeah. is not, yeah. not well, that's reality. That's something we're experiencing right now. I mean, the, some provinces still have it on the shelf, uh, especially in the West. And then we just sold out in the East uh, in the Maritimes right now as well. But um, Ontario, we've got uh, a few hundred cases coming for the end of the year, and then we have to wait again until uh, uh, the end of the first quarter. Man, so oh that's man, uh, man. yeah, gotta the, stock up. Uh, my hairdresser told me that her husband had bought like a case of Booker's when it came in. I was like, oh, yeah. so he's the one that has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would he like to share? People are so <laughs> polite in the LCBO. I was uh, a couple of days ago there, and then somebody's like. I'd like to get some, but it's in the display sign, and I don't want to, you know, this is, sorry, this is a little thing, but I don't want to pull away the bottle from the display. And, I, oh and the guy's gosh. like, just, just just, grab, that's what the display area is for. Canadian bottles. We refill that, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> You've seen America. But somebody worked so hard putting that display together. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's not how it, that's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> just, just grab it. It's what, sold. what I love going into the LCBO is, so, so sometimes, uh, for anybody who lives in America, sometimes they're there's a locked cabinet with whiskey behind it, and sometimes it's sometimes it's very expensive whiskey, and sometimes it's old granddad. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I cannot for the life of me figure is. out why you would keep Stag Junior out on the on the thing at eighty dollars a pop, and you put old granddad behind the locked cabinet. I don't know. And old granddad is the one that gets uh, shoplifted. I was most. gonna say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very it's very possible. orange and appealing. Like yeah. it's actually the label for old granddad is spectacular. I love that label. It's so proper old school bourbon. Like it looks, the the color is like very catchy. I love that label. I love that bourbon. And that the the bonded bottle in the U.S. is gorgeous. Just little hints of green in there. Beautiful. Yeah. See, I know. Yeah. Come on, Ontario. Let's get on it. Jeez. Uh. I always say Baldwin Bond. That's just, if it's, it's generally distilleries produce an amazing product, Baldwin Bond, for a great price, generally. It's just whatever whatever label it is, just get Baldwin Bond. We'll have the Jim yeah. Bean Bonded coming to uh, Ontario. Oh, yay. That was yep. my next question. Yep. 
That's great. Yeah, we've got the the rye, the Jim Beam single barrel, and the um, the bonded. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That'll be fun. Has the reaction in the states been great to bottled and bond? Are people yeah, getting what it is? And it's, it's more enthusiasts that understand what bonded the, means. Right. But it's it's getting the dialogue going. People are asking. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely uh, ramping up. But at the you know what does bonded mean? It doesn't have the same connotation mm-hmm. as it did a uh, hundred years ago. Right. But you still have to meet those standards. Right. Yeah. So when bonded whiskeys first came out, they were such a cut above everything else. Right. That that was the standard. Like you didn't drink anything. Um, that wasn't bonded because there's a good chance there was prune juice and tobacco spit and some other stuff in there, right? <laughs> but that's, yes, going back uh, 100 years ago. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 110 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now it's uh, it, it's a bit of a marketing push, but it, it comes from an authentic place. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a bonded whiskey being that 50% alcohol minimum, being aged at least four years. But, I mean, Knob Creek essentially is a bonded whiskey. Yeah. Um, we don't put the tax stamp. We don't call it bonded. Yeah. It is a nine-year-old minimum product, mm-hmm. but it meets yeah. all the other standards of what a bonded whiskey would be. So uh, definitely the standard. Wouldn't it be a bad idea to put Knob Creek, Bald and Bond, and just have it be the same right. whiskey? Yeah. I'm sure it's been proposed. Yeah. <laughs> Not an original idea. <laughs> well, also, a small batch and single barrel is such a, such a small difference on you know the yeah. labeling of Knob Creek. It, it would be a nice separation between the two. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I want, and I, I think about this often, and we've had this discussion on the podcast before. We always think, like, is it worth defining what small batch means or what barrel proof means? Or um, is it good that we don't have those definitions? Like, it, you could go back and forth on these things all day. But you could. Where, where we sit on that is the fact that uh, Booker was the originator of small batch. Mm-hmm. He coined the term, but he never defined it, and he did that on purpose. Because to him, it was smaller batches of hundreds of barrels coming from a specific spot in a warehouse. That's it. That's it. And now it is quite literally the most overused term, along with, you know, craft and <laughs> industry. But what does it mean? But it, Knob Creek was the first whiskey to ever have that term. Mm-hmm. So we'll always have it on there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but uh, it, 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 and we've talked about single barrel versus small batch and having that on the same label as well. <laughs> Obviously, there's some redundancies there, but <laughs> smallest batch you can have is a single barrel. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> but, but you see small batch everywhere now. Like, yeah. not even on alcohol. You see it on, like, I, I can't remember. It was, like, it was like uh, mustard or something. I can't remember. It was just like some yeah. sort of product. It was like, <laughs> clearly a crafty-looking product. Like, it looked like it was homemade. And it says small batch. On buzzword. Like, Total buzzword. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. It's on t-shirts. What do you know? Yeah. I know. T-shirt. Buy our t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I saw those. It's, it's actually not on the t-shirt, yeah. but uh, it is on the head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we made the t-shirts in small batches. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not untrue. Now I sound like a marketer. That's right. <laughs> that's not false. <laughs> so where's the link to these t-shirts again? <laughs> Oh man, uh, they look pretty great. great. Actually, I saw them. No, they're great. We we actually yeah. had a design person actually designed them. Well, they did the oh, logo yeah. for the podcast and everything else. Yeah, they're, uh, so they're handcrafted as well. The logo is <laughs> small batch shirts. Careful, yeah. careful. Someone might take you to court. <laughs> careful. Well, I don't, my my coffee today was brewed in small batches. So. <laughs> small batch coffee, of course. Right. I mean, that's oh, just boy. roasted in small batch. Be like, what is it? Roasted in small batches True. or made in small made batches? Made in small batches, distributed. Who in defines small what batches? that means? Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that's where we sit. But that's you know all the. I know you guys have talked about this to death. Um, uh, in terms of all the legal stuff between mm-hmm. uh, makers and Jim Beam and uh, Tito's and quite a few other craft products in the U.S., but that's and I think we talked about this in the podcast previous, but that's where the industry is going to be deciding what what yeah. that looks like. Is there going to be a definition? What quantifies it, or do we just leave it for for what it's been for all this time? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, mentioning Tito's, they they're taking a PR hit on that. I've yeah. You know, I have random conversations with people all the time about booze, and Tito gets mentioned all the time as like, oh yeah, Tito, handmade, and they look kind of an eye roll. Um, and it's amazing how Maker's Mark has gone through that unscathed completely, because 100% yes. valid that they did. Um, and Tito's 100% valid for getting the PR flag that they're getting. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a very good contrast where the legal system has in many ways decided this, and that's how it should be. I mean, I think I think a lot of people don't like the the lawsuits, and nobody likes lawsuits, but um, but it is, the court system does generally do well in this. Sometimes they screw up, and that's how it works, uh, but they're getting it right on this. 
Yeah. I mean, it, the thing about like we when you walk through like makers, you, you can actually see where the like the hands are. Mm -hmm. And so it's very it's it's actually it's quite cut and dry. Yeah. yeah it's you pretty know. undeniable. Yeah. You just need to do a tour through there. You, all you like, have to do yeah. is do like a right. You don't even have yeah. to do a, a special super fun tour that we got to do. <laughs> you could just do the regular tour without Matt Jones. And you would still get to see how many times this whiskey gets sort of touched by hand. Yep. Or, you know, like what always, what I love about going to visit distilleries um, is seeing sort of the, like the, the distillery community, the camaraderie and like everybody's sort of like, ready and willing to talk to you and knows what they're, you know, wants to talk to you about, you know, what they're doing and, and everyone's friends. And like, it's yeah. just one of those things where so one night we were at, um, the Harrison Smith house after the, uh, the, the big sampling party. Oh boy. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <Yes. laughs> um, but, uh, it was Craig beam. It was Greg Davies. It was uh, Steve McNally, the old master distiller. Of uh, makers, um, there's so many personalities there, just sitting down, sharing oh stories, and yeah. that was, yeah, awesome. was pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, Booker and Jimmy back in the day were were, yeah. were pals, and Jimmy just inducted uh, Parker into the Bourbon Hall of Fame, and yeah. it is quite the community. Yeah, yeah. it is, and it's 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 very telling, and and it goes back to that sort of like, for me, it links back to that handmade thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a sense of community, and it's a sense of responsibility towards the product that you're making. And it is hands-on. If you are, you know, sitting behind a computer all day with machines going and that was all you did, maybe you wouldn't have that sense of community or camaraderie. So mm -hmm. it seems like everybody's sort of in it together and they, they all sort of like, well, I mean, like walking through with Jane. Jane is like, everyone's yeah. like, Jane, we love you. <laughs> yeah. So nice. Yeah. Hi, Jane. <laughs> Shout out to I Jane. Hope, I hope she comes to Toronto one day. Yes, she's cool. Yeah. She's talked about it. We have to get her up here. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She's got such a cool voice, too. And she's now, uh, yeah, she does. She does. She's now uh, her official, she's in charge of flavors. Her exact title is, I'll have to look up again, but something director of flavor. Wow. And that's being that whole barrel select program that yeah. you guys interviewed her for. I mean, that's. <laughs> I can't remember what title when she was on the podcast. We were like, she's the director of da -da -da, yeah. Select Barrel something or another. Because she was like, well, I don't. She does. She has a thousand different things in the distillery. She's just like, well, we don't. We we're really bad here at Maker's Mark with titles because we all wear so many hats. Yep. And yeah, we can so we can sort of step in for each other and like and like do whatever. So that like uh, you can call me this, but she also well, does everything I do this, else. That and the other thing yeah. too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I will always uh, be going down in September now for the uh, the festival, oh, well, especially after company. that trip with you guys. So yeah. we, uh, we can try to make this happen. If but we, uh, we we had quite a few interesting late nights and experiences in the restaurants, and uh, uh, some of our friends that uh, had some uh, some interesting uh, idiosyncrasies. We'll we'll call them. <laughs> Like well, we, Sleepy we, Gary? I was going to say, we've already said one Sleepy Gary story where he came up all the way at, a, at one of the distilleries we visited, and he came up with a bottle of Gatorade and a bottle of water because he was going to get some cast strength stuff. And that was like, no, no, not the Gatorade. We know it's bigger, but it's going to affect the flavor. It's well, he was in, in such a, a panic. He's like, okay, we got to do this. It's five floors. Okay, I'll run down. So he volunteers. He runs down to the car. He grabs two bottles. He runs all the way back up five flights. And exactly what you said. He's got the water bottle and the Gatorade bottle. Well, the Gatorade bottle's bigger. We should just use that one. And the guy that was giving the sample was like, yeah, but then it's going to taste like Gatorade. He <laughs> should probably use the water bottle. <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite Sleepy Gary story, my favorite um, one. Where he it, got the name. Where he got the name was... Um, Last so Jamie left Thursday night. Uh, we're leaving Friday, so we, we had a late night, really, really late night. Um, what the night that I left? You had a late night. No, the next night after okay. you had left. We had a lot of late nights. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning. I'm kind of a little slow, a little slow, shuffling my feet towards the bathroom, and I look straight ahead. And Jamie's room was like down this long hall, and there's a man in Jamie's former bed. She's gone now. I'm um, gone. Uh, former bed, and he is. Not he's a rounder. Like <laughs> he looked like a giant baby, curled up in the fetal position, new to the world, but facing the hallway. Kind of looked up. I said, "Huh." I don't know. Brushed my teeth, came out, looked right. I'm like, 
Yep, saw that. That's definitely a bare, bare butt. Um. <laughs> Glenford comes out, has a direct view straight ahead. Because our rooms were directly like at each end of the hallway. Glenn, Glenn said that when he came out, the sun had just started climbing over the horizon. So there was like a silhouette, a beautiful sunny silhouette over Sleepy Gary's very white nude body it was, it was a very tranquil image it was a very tranquil image um, in, it's in, like a, a baby bear in hibernate <laughs> in his defense that door was really hard to latch okay so the house was like uh, 200 years old it was this big beautiful old mansion and none of the doors latched properly like mm-hmm. you could shut the door like six times and like at one point i was just like i would like be in the bathroom and I'd be like, I'm just going to hold the door in case someone comes in because this door won't close. So that door, you actually had to like jiggle the latch to get it to, yeah, you had to like shoulder it in and like it was a whole thing. I learned this over the course of like four days. Yeah. He had not learned this lesson yet. (laughs) So it makes sense. He walked in. He walked in, probably shut the door and then... Oh my god! It was a really comfortable bed, though. So Glenn and I texted Jamie the next morning. There's a naked man in your bed. <laughs> She's like, "Why like, my bed? Wait, why? <laughs> there were other What's beds. What's happening? Yeah. Who?" <laughs> Every time I read Sleepy Gary about this, he goes, "What? I sleep naked. That's just the way it is." <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for him. I went to I went to bed like super like drunk a couple nights, so I was probably sweating. Like that bed was not fresh. I'm telling you right now <laughs> I, I was a well, sweaty he mess over the covers so oh, he probably <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why he, he, went, he, was like, covers, he probably like, got oh, he was no. like oh jamie's been in here somebody covers. drank too much it's only like a barrel in there a couple nights <laughs> i woke up smelling like a barrel a couple days i was like oh man I smell like a yeah, distillery. We were definitely uh, saturated. It was uh, it was a delicious week. To say it, was, it was it was yeah. it was it uh, was probably a, it was the highlight of this year for me. Really, it oh, was. Amazing. I had the very best time oh, with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we had such a good time. You know, from the first podcast we did and all the um, uh, points and all of the places that we talked about, I think we did everything yeah. that we said we were gonna do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss I miss Jim Beam, but I'm oh, gonna go. Nice. I gotta do it. I gotta go. And you missed the um, the delectable distillery evening. I did. Where we had dinner at oh. Maker's Mark. I know. Different stage of production all the way I through. I know. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop I know. Talking. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it so I'm good. over it. I'm fine. But I think the best part is though, you don't you don't have to know anybody at the distillery to get these tours. Like you know, we've all done tours not getting not knowing anybody at the distillery and everybody's just so friendly and you're always oh, yeah. gonna have a good time like yeah. you don't need to know somebody to do these tours and have a good time you there are they're just good times in cool. general the basic tour is pretty fantastic yeah for sure you won't get into the lab like you guys got to do like yeah you'll, you'll though, geek but... out a little bit more i think that's what we yeah. do we yeah. that we spend a little time in the lab talking to lab technicians and you know asking a bunch of weird questions that i'm sure most people don't care about um, but otherwise, the, the regular tours are just fantastic anyway. Yeah. And you guys put a lot of money into them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they've moved the reception center. They've, they've, they're always evolving the landscape to, to make yeah. sure it's fresh and new and keep people coming. And that was Margie Samuel's vision back in the day. She was the first to really have the you know, foreshadowing to say that people would eventually want to come to the distillery and see how stuff is made. And that was the first stop on the Bourbon Trail. So they've, they've always done it very well. Did she uh, ever imagine that she would be uh, in a talking photo, though? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, those are gone, by the way. Yeah. If you've been to, if you went Which to Maker's Mark, yeah, I, yeah. Ooh, they scared the hell I, out of I me though. The first, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize the pictures talked, and I was just, it was a, just a regular tour, and uh, we sort of just missed one, so we were, and it was in the winter, so and in like where Maker's Mark is, there there isn't a lot else to do around there so we were like oh we'll just sort of hang out around the visitor center and i just like wandered into one of these rooms and this photograph started talking to me i just jumped like (laughs) 10 feet in the air and i was like and it was like so people had really strong feelings i guess about those photos because they're gone now yeah <laughs> they have been removed. <laughs> I know, but my favorite was that some, if somebody sat in the chair, there was somebody's yep. voice was like, 
we don't sit in that chair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the phone rang and you could answer it. And I, the phone was ringing and I was like, I wonder if I should get that. <laughs> if it's like a thing. And so like I picked it up and sure as hell it was a thing. And yep. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was supposed to answer this phone. It was Margie talking to Bill about uh, the different recipes. <laughs> That's right. About the wax and <laughs> oh, yeah. giving him hell for leaving dinner on the table yeah. and not being home. And <laughs> Very it was experience. charming. It was, it was yeah. very charming. I loved I it. How much time you spent with the pictures? You probably got out of that room pretty fast. But. Well, yeah. I mean, like I, I wanted to, but no, I spent a long time in there, and I was like, "Hey, Trent, you should come and see these pictures." And he's like, "Yeah, I can hear them from there. It's kind of <laughs> creepy." <laughs> Whereas I thought they were hilarious, and they would talk to each other, and like I was well, like, they had, they had, uh, Taylor William Samuels from 1840, right. one of his pictures. Yeah, and he was giving uh, Bill heck for changing the recipe. <laughs> yeah, they're also mad at and each then, other. Oh yeah, back and forth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. come on. Family feud. Yeah. And then Bill Jr., is, his eyes are going back and forth. He's caught in between. <laughs> oh, that sounds yeah. so good. Oh, that's that's got to come back up. That sounds well, amazing. To be honest, I, I do have some footage of that from when I first started with the company oh, six years ago. So, so I'll great. show it to there you. There you go. Oh, yeah. I figure that that's, uh, I mean, I guess it could be like a whole experience there. Like you can take that to the next level. That yep. sounds For sure. so much fun. That's sure. always the maker's personality. Always really taking it to, to the next level <laughs> with experiences like that. Amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks oh, for being here, Matt. Cheers, cheers. Thank you. Short but sweet, but uh, yeah, no, it's perfect. Come back yeah. again then. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Anytime. Yeah, I will. Really. Yeah. And bring uh, more whiskey. Okay, I will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt Jones is whiskey underscore chef. I uh, know yeah. eating the whiskey on Twitter. Um, we haven't even explored cooking and cocktails today. I know, this is something do, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, I do do a lot of uh, mixogastro. Um, bringing the whiskey and the food and the food and the whiskey. So we can definitely, that fat wash I actually told you I'd bring. Yes, oh, I'm remembering yeah. this now. So we'll definitely do a couple of different ones next time for sure. Um, and yeah, and if his, your Instagram feed is also pretty epic. Um, if you want to see oh, the yeah. life of a brand ambassador <laughs> and the trials and tribulations of a brand ambassador job, then just follow Matt Jones on Instagram. And yeah, kind of my dream job. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And you'll find a lot of pictures of uh, Mr. Nicholas Viel on there as well. He's uh, <laughs> doing the same role, but with a different uh, focus on his whiskeys. But we get to be in market together with quite a few uh, really cool personalities like yourselves all the time. So oh, it's, uh, we're spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Like last night in a tiki bar until uh, nice. 3 o'clock in the morning, yes. Nice. <laughs> I say the first thing I learned when Nicholas got uh, promoted to brand ambassador was like, they don't want Matt Jones and Nicholas in the same city yeah. ever. <laughs> and now that we have Marzio, which uh, oh is going to be here later tonight, I think uh, they're really concerned now. <laughs> you guys <laughs> are a bit of trouble, us. though. <laughs> no, I spent, I've spent a couple nights uh, around you guys, and uh, yep. Yeah, um, Nicholas will enough. be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so yeah, <laughs> conversation will continue. Excellent, thanks, Matt. Thanks, thanks so much. Matt. Thank you guys. Cheers. Cheers.